one of patience or bunthorne's bride by w s gilbert this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org colonel calverley read by joseph tabler major read by lambda lieutenant the duke of dunstable read by alan mapstone reginald bunthorne read by todd archibald grosvenor read by rob board angela read by amanda friday zephyr read by libby stevenson ella read by lydia lady jane read by shakira sir patience read by patty cunningham dragoon two read by brad philippone lady one read by elizabeth clatt stage directions and chorus read by beth thomas act one scene exterior of castle bunthorne entrance to castle by drawbridge over moat young ladies dressed in aesthetic draperies are grouped about the stage they play on lutes mandolins etc as they sing and all are in the last stage of despair angela ella and sophia lead them twenty, twenty lovesick maidens we lovesick all against our will twenty years hence we shall be twenty lovesick maidens still love feeds and hope they say or love will die ah misery yet my love lives although no hope have i ah misery alas poor heart go hide thyself away ah misery to weeping concords tune thy round delay ah misery all our love is all for one yet that love he heedeth not he is coy and cares for none sad and sorry is our lot ah misery go breaking heart go dream of love requited go foolish heart go dream of lovers plighted go madcap heart go dream of never waking and in thy dream forget that thou art breaking ah misery there is a strange magic in this love of ours rivals as we all are in the affections of our reginald the very hopelessness of our love is a bond that binds us to one another jealousy is merged in misery while he the very sinusir of our eyes and hearts remains icy and sensible what have we to strive for the love of maidens is to him as interesting as the taxes would that it were he pays his taxes and cherishes the receipts enter lady jane suddenly fools i beg your pardon fools and blind the man loves wildly loves but whom none of us no none of us his weird fancy has lighted for the nonce on patience the village milkmaid on patience oh it cannot be bah but yesterday i caught him in her dairy eating fresh butter with a tablespoon to-day he is not well but patience boasts that she has never loved that love is to her a sealed book oh, he cannot be serious tis but a fleeting fancy twill quickly pass away aside oh reginald if you but knew what a wealth of golden love is waiting for you stored up in this rugged old bosom of mine the milkmaid's triumph would be short indeed all sigh wearily patience appears on an eminence she looks down with pity on the despondent ladies still brooding on their mad infatuation i thank thee love thou comest not to me far happier i free from thy ministration than dukes or duchesses who love can be sophia looking up tis patience happy girl loved by a poet 
Your pardon, ladies. I intrude upon you. Going. Nay, pretty child, come hither. Is it true that you have never loved? Most true indeed. Most marvellous and most deplorable. I cannot tell what this love may be that cometh to all but not to me. It cannot be kind as they'd imply. Or why do these gentle ladies sigh? It cannot be joy and rapture deep. Or why do these gentle ladies weep? It cannot be blissful as tis said. Or why are their eyes so wondrous red? Though everywhere true love I see, A coming to all but not to me, I cannot tell what this love may be, For I am blithe and I am gay, While they sit sighing all night all day. Think of the gulf twixt them and me, Fa-la-la-la and misery. Yes, she's blithe and she's gay, While we sit sighing all night all day. Think of the gulf twixt her and we, if love is a thorn, they show no wit who foolishly hug and foster it. If love is a weed, how simple they who gather and gather it day by day. If love is a nettle that makes you smart, why do you wear it next to your heart? And if it be none of these, say I, why do you sit and sob and sigh? Though everywhere true love I see, A coming to all, but not to me, I cannot tell what this love may be. For I am blithe and I am gay, While they sit sighing all night, all day. Think of the gulf twixt them and me, Fa-la-la-la and misery. For she, For she is blithe and she is gay, While we sit sighing all night, all day. Think, think of the gulf twixt her and she. we, Ah, patience, if you have never loved, you have never known true happiness. All sigh. But the truly happy always seem to have so much on their minds. The truly happy never seem quite well. There is a transcendentality of delirium, an acute accentuation of supremest ecstasy, which the earthy might easily mistake for indigestion but it is not indigestion it is aesthetic transfiguration to the others enough of babble come but i have some news for you the thirty-fifth dragoon guards have halted in the village and are even now on their way to this very spot the thirty-fifth dragoon guards they are fleshly men of full habit we care nothing for dragoon guards. But bless me, you were all in love with them a year ago. A year ago? My poor child, you don't understand these things. A year ago they were very well in our eyes, but since then our tastes have been etherealized, our perceptions exalted. To others. Come, it is time to lift up our voices in the morning carol, to our Reginald. Let us to his door. The ladies go off two and two into the castle, singing refrains of twenty lovesick maidens we, and accompanying themselves on harps and mandolins. Patience watches them in surprise as she climbs the rock by which she entered. March. Enter officers of dragoon guards, led by Major. The soldiers of our queen are linked and friendly together. Upon the battle scene they fight the foe together. There every mother's son prepared to fight and fall is. The enemy of one, the enemy of all is. Enter Colonel. If you want a recipe for that popular mystery known to the world as a heavy dragoon, take all the remarkable people in history, rattle them off into popular tune. The pluck of Lord Nelson on board of the victory genius of bismarck devising a plan the humour of fielding which sounds contradictory coolness of paget about trepan the science of julian the eminent musico wit of macaulay who wrote of queen anne the pathos of party as rendered by boucicault style of the bishop of sodor and Mon the dash of a d'orsay divested of quackery narrative powers of dickens and thackeray victor emmanuel peak haunting peveril thomas aquinas the doctor such 
tupper and tennyson daniel defoe anthony trollope mr Guizot. take of these elements all that is fusible melt them all down in a pipkin or crucible set them to simmer and take off the scum and the heavy dragoon is the residuum yes 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 yes, 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 yes. A happy is the residuum. If you want a recipe for this soldier-like paragon, get at the wealth of the Tsar, if you can, the family pride of a Spaniard from Aragon, force of Mephisto pronouncing a ban, a smack of Lord Waterford, reckless and rollicky, swagger of Roderick, heading his clan, the keen penetration of Paddington, Pollocky, grace of an odalisk on a divan, the genius strategic of caesar or hannibal skill of garnet in thrashing a cannibal flavour of hamlet the stranger a touch of him little of manfred but not very much of him beadle of burlington richardson show mr micawber and madame tussaud take of these elements all that is fusible melt them all down in a pipkin or crucible set them to simmer and take off the scum and a heavy dragoon is the residuum yes 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 a heavy dragoon is the residuum well here we are again on the scene of our former triumphs but where's the duke enter duke listlessly and in low spirits here i am sighs come cheer up don't give way oh for that i am as cheerful as a poor devil can be expected to be who has the misfortune to be a duke with a thousand a day hum most men would envy you envy me tell me major are you fond of toffee very we are all fond of toffee we are yes and toffee in moderation is a capital thing but to live on toffee toffee for breakfast toffee for dinner toffee for tea to have it supposed that you care for nothing but toffee and that you would consider yourself insulted if anything but toffee were offered to you how would you like that i can believe that under those circumstances even toffee would become monotonous for toffee read flattery adulation and abject deference carried to such a pitch that i began at last to think that man was born bent at an angle of forty-five degrees great heavens what is there to adulate in me am i particularly intelligent or remarkably studious or surprisingly witty or unusually accomplished or exceptionally virtuous you're about as commonplace a young man as ever i saw you are exactly that's it exactly that describes me to a t thank you all very much well i couldn't stand it any longer so i joined this regiment in a fifth-rate heavy cavalry regiment thought i i shall be occasionally snubbed perhaps even bullied who knows the thought was rapture and here i am colonel looking off yes and here are the ladies but who is the gentleman with the long hair i don't know he seems popular he does seem popular bunthorne enters followed by ladies two and two singing and playing on harps as before he is composing a poem and quite absorbed he sees no one but walks across stage followed by ladies they take no notice of dragoons to the surprise and indignation of those officers in a melancholy train two and two we walk all day 
Pity those who love in vain, none so sorrowful as they, who can only sigh and say, Woe is me, alack a day. Now is not this ridiculous, and is not this preposterous, a thorough paced absurdity, explain it if you can. Instead of rushing eagerly to cherish us and foster us, they all prefer this melancholy literary man. Instead of slyly peering at us, casting looks endearing at us, blushing at us, blushing at us, flirting with a fan, they're actually sneering at us, flaring at us, jeering at us. Pretty sort of treatment for a military man. Pretty sort of treatment for a military man. Mystic poet, hear our prayer. Twenty lovesick maidens we, young and wealthy, dark and fair, and we die for love of thee. Yes, we die for love of thee. Twenty, Twenty lovesick maidens we. aside, slyly. Though my book I seem to scan in a rapt ecstatic way, like a literary man who despises female clay, I hear plainly all they say, Twenty lovesick maidens they. Officers to each other. He hears plainly all they say, Twenty lovesick maidens they. Though so excellently wise, for a moment mortal be, deign to raise thy purple eyes from thy heart-drawn poesy, twenty lovesick maidens see, each is kneeling on her knee. All kneel. Twenty lovesick maidens see, each is kneeling on her knee. Bunthorn aside. Though, as I remarked before, any one convinced would be that some transcendental lore is monopolizing me, Round the corner I can see, each is kneeling on her knee. Officers to each other. Round the corner he can see, each is kneeling on her knee. Now is not this ridiculous, and is not this preposterous? A thorough-paced absurdity, explain it if you can. Instead of rushing eagerly to cherish us and foster us, they all prefer this melancholy literary man. Instead of slyly peering at us, casting looks endearing at us, blushing at us, blushing at us, flirting with a fan, they're actually sneering at us, fleering at us, jeering at us. Pretty sort of treatment for a military man. Mystic poet, hear our prayer. Twenty lovesick maidens we, young and wealthy, dark and fair, and we die for love of thee. Yes, we die for love of thee. Twenty lovesick maidens we. Mystic poet, hear our prayer. Twenty lovesick maidens we, young and wealthy, dark and fair, and we die for love of thee. Yes, we die for love of thee. Twenty lovesick maidens we. Though my book I seem to scan in a rapt ecstatic way, like a literary man who despises female clay, I hear plainly all they say, twenty lovesick maidens they. Though, as I remarked before, any one convinced would be that some transcendental lore is monopolizing me, round the corner I can see, each is kneeling on her knee. Angela, what is the meaning of this? Oh, sir, leave us. Our minds are but ill-attuned to light love talk. But what in the world has come over you all? Bumthorn, he has come over us. He has come among us, and he has idealized us. Has he succeeded in idealizing you? He has. Bravo, Bumthorn! My eyes are open. I droop despairingly. I am soulfully intense. I am limp, and I cling. During this, Bunthorn is seen in all the agonies of composition. The ladies are watching him intently as he writhes. At last he hits on the word he wants and writes it down. A general sense of relief. Finished! At last! Finished! He staggers, overcome with the mental strain, into the arms of the colonel. Are you better now? Yes. Oh, it's you. I am better now. The poem is finished, and my soul has gone out into it. That was all. It was nothing worth mentioning. It occurs three times a day. Sees Patience, who has entered during this scene. Ah, Patience! Dear Patience. Holds her hand. She seems frightened. 
will it please you read it to us sir this we supplicate all kneel shall i no, no. bunthorne annoyed to patience i will read it if you bid me patience much frightened you can if you like it is a wild weird fleshy thing yet very tender very yearning very precious it is called oh hollow 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 is it a hunting song a hunting song no it is not a hunting song it is the wail of the poet's heart on discovering that everything is commonplace to understand it cling passionately to one another and think of faint lilies they do so as he recites oh hollow 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 what time the poet hath hymned the writhing maid light-limbed quivering on amaranthine asphodel how can he paint her woes knowing as well he knows that all can be set right with calomel when from the poet's plinth the amorous colocynth yearns for the aloe faint with rapturous thrills how can he him their throes knowing as well he knows that they are only uncompounded pills is it and can it be nature hath this decree nothing poetic in the world shall dwell or that in all her works something poetic lurks even in colocynth and calomel i cannot tell how purely fragrant how earnestly precious well it seems to me to be nonsense nonsense yes perhaps but oh what precious nonsense ah this is all very well but you seem to forget you are engaged to us it can never be you are not empyrean you are not delacruscan you are not even early english oh be early english ere it is too late officers look at each other in astonishment jane looking at uniform red and yellow primary colours oh south kensington we didn't design our uniforms but we don't see how they could be improved no you wouldn't still there is a cobwebby grey velvet with a tender bloom like cold gravy which made florentine fourteenth century trimmed with venetian leather and spanish altar lace and surmounted with something japanese it matters not what would at least be early english come maidens exeunt maidens two and two singing refrain of twenty lovesick maidens we the officers watch them off in astonishment gentlemen this is an insult to the british uniform a uniform that has been as successful in the courts of venus as in the field of mars when i first put this uniform on i said as i looked in the glass it's one to a million that any civilian my figure and form will surpass gold lace has a charm for the fair and i've plenty of that and to spare while a lover's professions when uttered in hessians are eloquent everywhere a fact that i counted upon when i first put this uniform on by a simple coincidence you could ever have reckoned upon the same thing occurred to me too when i first put this uniform on i said when i first put it on it is plain to the various dunce that every beauty will feel it her duty to yield to its glamour at once they will see that i'm freely gold-laced in a uniform handsome and chaste 
but the peripatetics of long-haired aesthetics are very much more to their taste which i never counted upon when i first put this uniform on by a simple coincidence few could ever have counted upon i never thought that would come true when i first put this uniform on the dragoons go off angrily as soon as he is alone bunthorn changes his manner and becomes intensely melodramatic am i alone and unobserved i am then let me own i'm an aesthetic sham this air severe is but a mere veneer this cynic smile is but a wile of guile this costume chaste is but good taste misplaced let me confess a languid love for lilies does not blight me lank limbs and haggard cheeks do not delight me i do not care for dirty greens by any means i do not long for all one sees that's japanese i am not fond of uttering platitudes in stained-glass attitudes in short my medievalism's affectation born in a morbid love of admiration if you're anxious for to shine in the high aesthetic line as a man of culture rare you must get up all the germs of the transcendental terms and plant them everywhere you must lie upon the daisies and discourse in novel phrases of your complicated state of mind the meaning doesn't matter if it's only idle chatter of a transcendental kind and every one will say as you walk in your mystic way if this young man expresses himself in terms too deep for me why what a very singularly deep young man this deep young man must be be eloquent in praise of the very dull old days which have long since passed away and convince em if you can that the reign of good queen anne was culture's palmiest day of course you will pooh-pooh whatever's fresh and new and declare it's crude and mean for art stops short in the cultivated court of the empress josephine and every one will say as you walk your mystic way if that's not good enough for him which is good enough for me why what a very cultivated kind of youth this kind of youth must be then a sentimental passion of a vegetable fashion must excite your languid spleen an attachment a la plato for a bashful young potato or a not too french french bean though the philistines may jostle you will rank as an apostle in the high aesthetic band if you walk down piccadilly with a poppy or a lily in your medieval hand and every one will say as you walk your flowery way if he's content with a vegetable love which would certainly not suit me why what a most particularly pure young man this pure young man must be at the end of his song patience enters he sees her ah patience come hither i am pleased with thee the bitter-hearted one who finds all else hollow is pleased with thee for you are not hollow are you i beg your pardon i interrupt you life is made up of interruptions the tortured soul yearning for solitude writhes under them oh but my heart is a-weary oh i am a cursed thing don't go really i'm very sorry tell me girl do you ever yearn patience misunderstanding him i earn my living bunthorne impatiently no no do you know what it is to be heart-hungry do you know what it is to yearn for the indefinable and yet to be brought face to face daily with the multiplication tables do you know what it is to seek oceans and to find puddles to long for whirlwinds and have to do the best you can with the bellows that's my case oh i am a cursed thing if you please i don't understand you you frighten me don't be frightened it's only poetry that's poetry i don't like poetry bunthorne eagerly don't you aside can i trust her 
aloud. Patience! You don't like poetry? Well, between you and me, I don't like poetry. It's hollow, unsubstantial, unsatisfactory. What's the use of yearning for Elysian fields when you know you can't get them? And would only let them out on building leases if you had them. Sir, I... Don't go. Patience, I have long loved you. Let me tell you a secret. I am not as bilious as I look. If you like, I will cut my hair. There is more innocent fun within me than a casual spectator would imagine. You have never seen me frolicsome. Be a good girl, a very good girl, and you shall. Sir, I will speak plainly. In the matter of love, I am untaught. I have never loved but my great-aunt. But I am quite certain that under any circumstances I couldn't possibly love you. Oh, you think not? I'm quite sure of it. Quite sure. Quite. Bunthorn, releasing her. Very good. Life is henceforth a blank. I don't care what becomes of me. I have only to ask that you will not abuse my confidence. Though you despise me, I am extremely popular with the other young ladies. I only ask that you will leave me and never renew the subject. Certainly. Broken-hearted and desolate, I go. Recites. Oh, to be wafted away from this black Alsadama of sorrow where the dust of an earthy today is the earth of a dusty tomorrow. It's a little thing of my own. I call it heart foam. I shall not publish it. Farewell. Exit Bunthorn. What on earth does it all mean? Why does he love me? Why does he expect me to love him? He's not a relation. It frightens me. Enter Angela. Why, Patience, what is the matter? Lady Angela, tell me two things. Firstly, what on earth is this love that upsets everybody? And secondly, how is it to be distinguished from insanity? Poor blind child. Oh, forgive her, Eros. Why, love is of all passions the most essential. It is the embodiment of purity, the abstraction of refinement. It is the one unselfish emotion in this whirlpool of grasping greed. Oh, dear, oh! Beginning to cry. Why are you crying? To think that I have lived all these years without having experienced this ennobling and unselfish passion. Why, what a wicked girl I must be! For it is unselfish, isn't it? Absolutely. Love that is tainted with selfishness is no love. Oh, try, try, try to love. It really isn't difficult if you give your whole mind to it. I'll set about it at once. I won't go to bed until I'm head over ears in love with somebody. Noble girl. But is it possible that you have never loved anybody? Yes, one. Ah, whom? My great-aunt. Your great-aunt doesn't count. Then there's nobody. At least, no, nobody. Not since I was a baby. But that doesn't count, I suppose. I don't know. Tell me about it. Long years ago, fourteen maybe, when but a tiny babe of four, another baby played with me, my elder by a year or more, a little child of beauty rare, with marvelous eyes and wondrous hair, who in my child eyes seemed to me all that a little child should be. Ah, how we loved that child and I! How pure our baby joy! How true our love! And, by the by, he was a little boy. Ah, old, old tale of Cupid's touch! I thought as much, I thought as much. He was a little boy. Patience shocked. Pray don't misconstrue what I say. Remember, pray, remember, pray. He was a little boy. No doubt, yet spite of all your pains, the interesting fact remains. He was a little boy. 
No pray doubt. don't misconstrue what I say. Remember, pray, remains. He, he was, was a little boy. Exit Angela. It's perfectly appalling to think of the dreadful state I must be in. I had no idea that love was a duty. No wonder they all look so unhappy. Upon my word, I hardly like to associate with myself. I don't think I'm respectable. I'll go at once and fall in love with... Enter Grosvenor. A stranger. Prithee, pretty maiden, prithee tell me true. Hey, but I'm doleful, willow, willow, wally. Have you e'er a lover a-dangling after you? Hey, willow, wally-o. I would fain discover if you have a lover. Hey, willow, wally-o. Gentle sir, my heart is frolicsome and free. Hey, but he's doleful, willow, willow, wally. Nobody I care for comes according me. Hey, willow, wally, oh. Nobody I care for comes according, therefore. Hey, willow, wally, oh. Prithee, pretty maiden, will you marry me? Hey, but I'm hopeful, willow, willow, wally. I may say at once, I'm a man of property. Hey, willow, wally, oh. Money I despise it, but many people prize it. Hey, willow, wally, oh. Gentle sir, although to marry I design. Hey, but he's hopeful, willow, willow, wally. As yet I do not know you, and so I must decline. Hey, willow, wally, oh. To other maidens go you, as yet I do not know you. Hey, willow, wally, oh. Patience! Can it be that you don't recognize me? Recognize you? No, indeed I don't. Have fifteen years so greatly changed me? Fifteen years? What do you mean? Have you forgotten the friend of your youth, your Archibald, your little playfellow? Oh, Kronos, Kronos, this is too bad of you. Archibald? Is it possible? Why, let me look. It is, it is, it must be. Oh, how happy I am. I thought we should never meet again. And how you've grown. Yes, Patience, I am much taller and much stouter than I was. And how you've been proved. Yes, Patience, I am very beautiful. <sighs> but surely that doesn't make you unhappy. Yes, Patience, gifted as I am with a beauty which probably has not its rival on earth, I am, nevertheless, utterly and completely miserable. Oh, but why? My child love for you has never faded. Conceive, then, the horror of my situation when I tell you that it is my hideous destiny to be madly loved by every woman I come across. But why do you make yourself so picturesque? Why not disguise yourself, disfigure yourself? Anything to escape this persecution? No, Patience, that may not be. These gifts, irksome as they are, have been confided to me for the enjoyment and delectation of my fellow creatures. I am a trustee for beauty, and it is my duty to see that the conditions of my trust are faithfully discharged. And you, too, are a poet? Yes, I am the apostle of simplicity. I am called Archibald the All-Right, for I am infallible. And is it possible that you condescend to love such a girl as I? Yes, Patience. Is it not strange? I have loved you with a Florentine fourteenth-century frenzy for full fifteen years. Oh, marvellous! I have hitherto been deaf to the voice of love. I seem now to know what love is. It has been revealed to me. It is Archibald Grosvenor. Yes, Patience, it is. Embrace. Patience as in a trance. We will never, never part. We will live and die together. I swear it. We both swear it. Embrace. Patience recoiling from him. But... 
oh horror what's the matter why you are perfection a source of endless ecstasy to all who know you i know i am well then bless my heart there can be nothing unselfish in loving you merciful powers i never thought of that to monopolize those features on which all women love to linger it would be unpardonable why so it would oh fatal perfection again you interpose between me and my happiness oh if you were but a thought less beautiful than you are would that i were but candour compels me to admit that i'm not our duty is clear we must part and forever oh misery and yet i cannot question the propriety of your decision farewell patience farewell algernon but stay yes patience although i may not love you for you are perfect there is nothing to prevent your loving me i am plain homely unattractive why that's true the love of such a man as you for such a girl as i must be unselfish unselfishness itself though to marry you would very selfish be hey but i'm doleful willow willow wally you may all the same continue loving me hey but i'm doleful willow willow wally all the, all world, the ignoring, world ignoring I'll you go, go on, on adoring, adoring. hey willow, willow wally -o. O. at the end exeunt despairingly in opposite directions enter bunthorne crowned with roses and hung about with garlands and looking very miserable he is led by angela and sophia each of whom holds an end of the rose garland by which he is bound and accompanied by a procession of maidens they are dancing classically and playing on cymbals double pipes and other archaic instruments let, let the merry cymbals sound gay pipe and gay pleasure with a daphnophoric laugh tread the gay but classic measure every heart with hope beating for at this exciting enter dragoons led by colonel major and duke they are surprised at the proceedings now tell us we pray you why thus you you, you o poet how say you what is it you've done? done of right sacrificial by sentence judicial this seems the initial then why don't you run they cannot have led you to hang or behead you nor may they all wed you unfortunate one then, then tell, tell us we pray you why thus they array you o poet how say you what, what is it you've done heartbroken at my patience's barbarity by the advice of my solicitor introducing his solicitor in aid in aid of a deserving charity i've put myself up to be raffled for by, By the advice of his solicitor, solicitor, he's, he's put, put himself, himself up to be raffled for. for. Oh, horror! Urged by his solicitor, he's, he's put himself up to be raffled for. Oh, heaven's blessing on his solicitor. A hideous curse on his solicitor. The solicitor, horrified at the dragoon's curse, rushes off. Stay, we implore you, before our hopes are blighted, you see before you the men to whom you're plighted. Stay, Stay, we implore you, for we adore you, you to us your plighted, to be united. Stay, we implore you. Your maiden hearts, ah, do not steal. To pity's eloquent appeal. Such conduct British soldiers feel. Aside to dragoons. Sigh, sigh, all sigh. They all sigh. To foeman steel we rarely see. A British soldier bend the knee. Yet one and all they kneel to ye. Aside to dragoons. Kneel, kneel, all kneel. They all kneel. Our soldiers very seldom cry and yet i need not tell you why 
a teardrop dews each martial eye aside to dragoons weep weep all weep they all weep our soldiers very seldom cry and yet i need not tell you why a teardrop dews each martial eye weep weep all weep Bunthorn, who has been impatient during this appeal. Come, walk up, and purchase with avidity. Overcome your diffidence and natural timidity. Tickets for the raffle should be purchased with rapidity. Put in half a guinea, and a husband you may gain. Such a judge of blue and white, and other kinds of pottery. From early oriental down to modern terracottery. Put in half a guinea, you may draw him in a lottery. Such an opportunity may not occur again. Such, Such a judge, judge of blue and white and, white and other kinds of pottery, from early oriental down to modern terracottery. Put in half a guinea, you may draw him in a lottery. Such an opportunity may not occur again. Maidens crowd up to purchase tickets. During this, dragoons dance in single file round stage to express their indifference. We've, We've been, been thrown over, we're aware, but we don't care, but we don't care. There's efficiency, no doubt of it, as good as ever came out of it. it. And someday we shall get our share, so we don't care, so we don't care. During this, the girls have been buying tickets. At last, Jane presents herself. Bunthorn looks at her with aversion. And are you going a ticket for to buy? Jane, surprised. Most certainly I am. Why should not I? Bunthorn aside. Oh, fortune, this is hard. Aloud. Blindfold your eyes. Two minutes will decide who wins the prize. Girls blindfold themselves. Oh, fortune, to my aching heart be kind. Like us, thou art blindfolded, but not blind. Each uncovers one eye. Just raise your bandage thus that you may see, and give the prize, and give the prize to me. They cover their eyes again. Come, Lady Jane, I pray you draw the first. Jane joyfully. He loves me best. Bunthorn aside. I want to know the worst. Jane draws a paper and is about to open it when Patience enters. Patience snatches the paper from Jane and tears it up. Hold. Stay your hand. All maidens uncovering their eyes. What, what means this interference? Of this bold girl, girl I, pray I pray you make, make clearance. clearance. Away with you, and to your milk pails go. Bunthorn, suddenly. She wants a ticket. Take a dozen. No. Patience, kneeling to Bunthorn. If there be pardon in your breast for a poor penitent, Who with remorseful thought oppressed sincerely doth repent, If you with one so lowly still desire to be allied, Then you may take me, if you will, for I will be your bride. Shame, oh, shame one, one, oh bold faced thing, away you run, go, go take, take you wing, wing. You shameless one, you bold faced thing. thing. How strong is love! For many and many a week she's loved me fondly and has feared to speak. But nature, for restraint too mighty far, has burst the bounds of art. And here we are. No, Mr. Bunthorne, no, you're wrong again. Permit me, I'll endeavor to explain. True love must single-hearted be. Exactly so from every selfish fancy free exactly so no idle thought of gain or joy a maiden's fancy should employ true love must be without alloy exactly so imposture to contempt must lead exactly so blind vanities dissensions seed exactly so it follows, then, a maiden who devotes herself to loving you, indicating Bunthorn, is prompted by no selfish view. Exactly so. Sophia taking Bunthorn aside. Are you resolved to wed this shameless one? 
is there no chance for any other bunthorne decisively none embraces patience angela sophia and ella take colonel duke and major down while girls gaze fondly at other officers i, I hear, hear the soft notes of the echoing voice, voice of an old old love long dead it, it whispers my, my sorrowing heart rejoice for the last sad tears shed the, the pain that is all but a pleasure and, and never, oh, never, his heart will range from that old, old love again. Girls embrace officers. Yes, yes the pain that is all but a pleasure will change for the pleasure that's all but pain. And never, oh, never, his heart will range from that old, old love again. Embrace. As the dragoons and girls are embracing, enter Grosvenor reading he takes no notice of them but comes slowly down still reading the girls are all strangely fascinated by him and gradually withdraw from dragoons but who is this whose godlike grace proclaims he comes of noble race and who is this whose manly face bears sorrow's interesting trace yes, yes who, who is, is this whose godlike grace proclaims he comes of noble race and who is this whose manly face bears sorrow's interesting trace I am a broken-hearted troubadour, whose mind's aesthetic and whose tastes are pure. Aesthetic? He is aesthetic. Yes, yes, I am aesthetic and poetic. Then we, we love, love you. you. The girls leave dragoons and group kneeling around Grosvenor. Fury of Bunthorn, who recognises a rival. They, they love, love him. Horror. They love him. Horror. They love me, horror, horror, horror. Oh, oh this will be a love confess that, that words imperfectly express, though shell-like ears are do not close to blighted love's distracting, distracting woes, nor be distressed, nor scandalized, if what we do is ill-advised, or we shall seek within the tomb relief from our appalling doom. Again my cursed comeliness spreads hopeless anguish and distress, thine ears o oh fortune do not close to my intolerable woes let me be hideous undersized contemned degraded loathed despised or bid me seek within the tomb relief from my detested doom list reginald while i confess a love that's all unselfishness that its unselfish goodness knows you won't dispute it i suppose for you are hideous undersized and everything that i've despised and i shall love you i presume until i sink into the tomb my jealousy i can't express their love they openly confess his shell-like ear he does not close to their recital of their woes i'm more than angry and surprised i'm pained and shocked and scandalized but he shall meet a hideous doom prepared for him by I know whom. End of Act One